Hey everybody, before we kick it off with this new Tuesday Tips episode this week, just wanted to give you a heads up about our Labor Day sale that's coming up this weekend. Uh, it's going to be running from the 3rd to the 5th, um, and we have a site-wide sale going on uh, across the board, and we have up to 30% off all of our stuff, uh, all of our new t-shirts and hats and you know uh, training programs and all, all the gear that comes with that. So be sure to check that out up to 30% off everything on the website. Um, definitely hit that up. Go follow Hunt Lift Eat Official. Shoot us a message if you have any questions. And once again, we appreciate the hell out of you guys. Thanks. Hey, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of Tuesday Tips brought to you by the Hunt Lift Eat podcast. We've got another great topic coming at you for our Tuesday Tips here. Talking archery. And we got some pros here, unlike myself. And Carter, and but me, we'll, yeah. we'll, we'll name other pros. <laughs> so coming at us over here, the one, the only, Kaleeb. <laughs> What's going on, Caleb? How are you, man? Oh, uh, you know, just hanging out in the Middle East. It's pretty cool being Turkish. Nothing super exciting. Getting ready to go hunt ibex with my bow. <laughs> <laughs> always got something going on. He's always. <laughs> and coming at us where it's beautiful and sunny right now. As we can see in this backdrop, we got Luke. What's up, Luke? How are you, man? Hey, what's going on, bro? How are you today? Oh, I'm doing pretty good. Enjoying the sunshine. I know it's probably dark over where you guys are at right now. Dark and stormy, but that's always oh, yeah. just New Jersey, so. <laughs> <laughs> and then we got Tim. What's going on, Tim? How are you again? Not, not too bad. How are you? I'm good, man. You know, we're, we're recording a bunch of tips episodes right now, and seems to be we're getting through them and we're having some fun here and that's right don't worry tuesday tips extravaganza we're crushing it yeah and then of course we got the one and only carter mckenzie coming at us from carter's kitchen that's right <laughs> i've moved i've moved locations for recording we are now in the kitchen things are good also dark and stormy here that's some really nice fine china you have back there carter thank you thank you thank you uh, hey, this is a question I like to ask people. What would y'all call that piece of furniture? An armoire. Armoire. An armoire. Oh, China it's... cabinet. Yeah. China cabinet. With the China cabinet. China cabinet. Luke, I'd say that's a hutch. A hutch. Ooh, hutch. I like that's a good that. One. I like that. Gotta be different. I'm always curious. My wife's Canadian, and she calls it a flat to the wall, which I don't. What? It's just that's out of control. <laughs> okay. She's yelling at me from the other room right now, saying it is a flat to the wall, but I've never heard that in my entire life. I just like to point that out. But in, in that, that sense, everything in the house is flat to the wall that's on the wall. Yeah, I was going to say, is this a two-dimensional object? I don't know, man. <laughs> I'm really I'm just, confused. I'm just trying to get to the bottom of this before I die. So We're going to have to get Joel back on here and get some clarification from these Canadians. That's right. Canadian tips episode. What do you call this piece of furniture? <laughs> How many gallons of maple syrup can you drink in a minute? <laughs> yeah, <that's right. laughs> sorry bobby i got us off track sorry yeah, it's, it's all right you know you do the editing anyway so have fun with that one that's right so back on track we go while we talk about uh the china cabinet behind carter caleb you want to talk some archery for us here give us your uh your tip yeah of course guys you know as you know colorado's archery season's coming up here we're less than ooh, we're less than 10 days until the first season opens for us out here which is antelope so right now it's all about practicing on my 3D targets and making sure everything's squared away and set up. And I've noticed throughout the years that the majority of 3D targets, the actual vitals aren't set up on a vital for an animal. They're typically right behind a shoulder or right where a shoulder blade would be. So I like to take a little bit of colored tape, 
I like to run some contour lines on my targets and actually set it up to where I'm shooting behind the shoulder of the animal rather than focusing on shooting through the shoulder of the animal. What I've noticed that does is it kind of helps me build that target acquisition when I'm out in the woods to where I'm actually paying attention to where I should be shooting versus where the target's been training me to shoot throughout the entire year. It's just one of those things, you know, it's a, a little subtle item that nobody really thinks about, but if you're not paying attention to where you're shooting and you're used to shooting straight through a shoulder on an animal on a target, you're most likely going to do it in the woods too. So I like to throw that little contour line on there. Helps me uh, really kind of focus in and hone in on where I'm uh, shooting at. A little bit of target acquisition. No, just one thing to build on that. What, what I do when I'm shooting 3D targets is I aim, I pretend to, or I visualize the far shoulder and try to hit that. Because if, if you hit that from, from the other side, you're going to be hitting the vitals. Um, so so I also try try not to do perfect broadside shots either. Um, and that just kind of helps me go with, with what you're saying is the actual vitals and not just the 10 ring or the 12 ring. Exactly right. Because at that point in time, we're actually training ourselves to shoot for the vitals of an animal rather than shooting at a flat on the wall, you know, a 2D dimensional object. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Yeah, they don't really paint shoulder blades on uh, on 3D targets, do they? No. No, they definitely don't. It'd be kind of cool if somebody built a uh, 3D target kind of like operation, you know, where it was you could pull off the front shoulder after you uh, made a shot to see where the vitals are actually at on the inside. That'd yep. be kind of neat. Shit, dude. We might be onto something there. You know, at this point in time, I'm just going to go ahead and start patenting all these ideas that I threw out during our tips episodes because I've got like 17 of them now, I feel. Yeah, you Carter, should. quick. Don't Where's edit. Don't post this episode. Let's go to Shark Tank right now. <laughs> right Done. now. Send. Let me call Jeff Bezos. I got this. That's right. We're going to do Iguanas 101 next. <laughs> Love it. <laughs> Great tip. Great tip. Well, Luke, you want to kick us off with another tip for where are you coming from, man? Where are you that you're right now? I, that you're, it's so sunny out. I'm in uh, Taos, New Mexico, northern New Mexico. Um, it's my my hometown. I'm actually once we get off this podcast, I'm headed up to the mountains to go camping with some some buddies of mine. Start doing nice. some scouting, but um yeah, so I'm I'm here in, in northern New Mexico. Our hunting season starts now on the fifteenth, um, with that that being um, antelope, and then I have a deer hunt starting September first um, up here in my local unit. But um, my tip. What I'm what I'm thinking about is what happens if you bust a D loop out in the field. Um, you got you got to know how to repair that, or else your your day is pretty much shot. Um, so what I did is I went on YouTube, I looked up John Dudley, Levi Morgan. They all there's tons of videos on YouTube. Learned how to do D loops. I practiced, 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 practiced. I do all my work on my own bow now because of YouTube. And, and the pro shop, they've taught me how to do everything. Um, but yeah, just learning how to do a D loop and emergency serving. And you never know you're serving on your bow stream might start coming undone. Got to get that up tight. That way your bow ready to go. And, and I'm sure it'll never fail. Once you bust a D loop and you don't know how to repair it, that big buck's going to come out and you're going to be in trouble. So just learn how to work on your own bow. Um, even not out in the field, learn how to to make sure the timing is right. Just learn your learn your weapon, basically. Any anybody who shoots a rifle, 
they practice, they learn how that works. Same thing with the bow. That's another thing. It doesn't matter if it's out in the field or at home or wherever you're shooting. Allen wrenches are going to be your friends. Always pack them. I got one in my pack right now. I got the little, it's a whole kit. They fold out like a swift army knife. Yep. They are your friend with 98% of the bows nowadays or Allen keys. So it's always a good thing to have. I'm going to touch right back on that too, man. Uh, same thing, right? I found that the Fix-It Sticks from Easton Archery mm-hmm. is probably the most comprehensive Allen and Starbit set that I've found for a bow. A little on the heavy side, but great tool to have. It does everything from uh, fixing your mod stops on your bow to, like you're saying, minor adjustments for Allen wrench stuff and works pretty solid. A little on the heavy side, but when it comes to an Allen key, like these things are important to have. Absolutely important to have. Yeah, that that. So what I keep in my hunting pack is is the the Allen Allen keys. I have a little Plano box that has has uh I do six inch D loop. I have like four or five of them already cut, ready to go. I have a bunch of different sizes of, of um, serving, extra knocks. Like just, I mean, you never know when when you're going to try to knock an arrow and there's no knock and it might be your, hopefully it's not your last arrow, but just being, <laughs> being prepared for the worst, basically. Yeah. Especially in the world of archery where there's so much that can go wrong. I feel like there's a lot of room for error. There's a lot of moving parts and there's a lot of pieces on the bow where everything needs to be working in the correct direction for the desired execution. Well, at the end of the day, you're only as good as your equipment, right? You can spend as much time practicing and, and honing everything in, but if your equipment's not ready to go at the time of execution, you're going to fail every time. That's good stuff. Bobby, what's the extent of uh, your archery expertise? Uh, my expert. So it's actually funny. So I used to hunt with a crossbow, and then I'd say uh, four years ago I made the switch, and I stopped crossbow hunting and using a compound, and I, I just – realized like I'm like man this is cool and all but it's just it's getting ridiculous like I, I want more of a challenge in a tree stand i'm looking for a little better you know to trying to be like liver king a little bit more and just live off our ancestors and do an actual compound bow not recurve yet but um so i guess i'll go in with my tip on this one because my tip is when i was first looking at getting a bow I, uh, I got cocky and I thought like I was the strongest guy in the world and I thought I could pull back a 70 pound bow. And first time I ever never shot a compound bow, which it is completely different muscle group. And if you're not pulling back bows constantly, don't be, don't be cocky and don't go out there and try to get like the top of the line bow. Don't try to get a heavy draw. Just go there, get fitted, do the right thing. Don't spend a million dollars on a bow. Work, work your way up. You know, we're buying the piece itself to, build for the future. Bobby, I'm going to compound on that, man. Uh, there's a lot of female bow hunters in the world that are killing world-class animals. We're talking moose, Cape buffaloes, bison, whatever it may be. It has nothing to do with the drop poundage that these guys are pulling back and these women are taking care of. It's all about their arrow setup, right? You can draw a 50 pound bow and you can kill a Yukon Alaska moose. But if you pay attention to how you're building your arrows and if you spend a little bit of time learning about arrow setup, you're going to have more kinetic energy at impact with a 50-pound bow than a guy shooting an 80-pound bow with the wrong arrow setup. 
And that's where the killing power comes from. So super huge tip there, man. Red compound on that. If you guys are really wanting to find something to dive into, learn how to build an arrow, learn arrow setup and what works best for your bow. Cause that's, what's really going to kill that animal at the end of the day. Yeah, definitely. I, I really like that. And that's, and that's something I didn't understand when I was first getting into compound, you know, being a compound bow shooter, I was just like, Oh yeah, I'm buying Boyd. I'm buying Matthews. I'm buying all the best. I'm buying heavy. And then I realized this is ridiculous. Like I don't even need that. And, I ended up selling one of my top of the line Hoyt bows and actually dropped down the line because I felt like that bow shot better with me and how I felt. So you don't have to go out there and get the top of the line bow and think that you're need, you need that. You don't. No, all day, man. Uh, I've got a lot of people that ask me, what should I do when I go buy a bow, right? Hey, I've got a $2,000 budget. I want to go buy a bow. First of all, if you had a $2,000 budget to go buy a bow, I bet you you're only going to spend like a half that. Go out there, shoot every bow that you can, because if it's not comfortable in your hand, you're never going to want to shoot it and you're never going to be comfortable with full draw on an animal. I think we've actually talked about that before. So I recommend if you're going to try to get into bow hunting, don't focus on a $2,000 bow. Go shoot every bow out there until you find one that's comfortable because that's what matters. Comfortability. Yeah, that's exactly like it. I I started off with a used bow. um, I've been using that for two years. And now I'm just barely finally, well, I was kind of forced to buy a new bow, but, um, it's not, not top of the line. It's getting what's comfortable. And once you get that, you, you, you're off to a good start. Yeah, for sure, man. I use, I I still run a used bow, um, that I bought and it's been working great for me for four years now. So no pressure there. I don't have to buy a brand new one. Carter, what's your tip? My, my tip, my archery tip this week is to go follow our friend Scotty Eisen on Instagram, the underscore skull underscore keeper for the best euro mounts in the business. I am determined to get him to a thousand followers, a thousand followers. He's at 949 right now. He deserves 10,000. He's the best. Uh, no archery tips. I don't not, there. I have nothing else to add to this conversation. I mean, like I'm a remarkably average bow hunter. I, I bow hunt because it gets me in the woods a month early. Um, and you know, I love that, but it's hot as hell in Georgia still. It's, it's still like a hundred degrees. So like, I, it's like pretty medium. Um, and you know, I, I'm out of tips. I mean, shoot from an elevated position, like practice, you know, if you hunt out of a tree stand or something like that, practice shooting from an elevated position, not just standing flat footed in your backyard, like always, um, you know, last week I said, carry two releases. I learned that lesson the hard way when I was hunting after I lost my only release. So carry two, put another one in your pack. Um, that's it. That's all I know. So shoot, shoot bows good. And listen to, listen to Caleb Luke and Tim. And not Bobby clearly. I was going to say, I think Luke had another great tip for you about knocking an arrow. Uh, yes um <laughs> whenever you're sh- out shooting with your club or whoever you shoot with um make sure you're paying attention when you when it's your turn to shoot and knock a damn arrow because i mean let me tell you i learned I learned a hard lesson and they say there's some that that have and there's those that are going to um so i hope you guys don't ever do it because it's an expensive mistake Knock an arrow. Don't dry fire your bow. You, dr- uh, you did a dry fire? Yeah. Oh, yep. brutal. Yep. 
yeah, I, uh, I was ranging a target and just not kind of threw off my, my whole, my draw sequence. Cause I was talking with the guys and drew back and let it fly. And there was nothing to fly and ended up, uh, my cams, <laughs> my cams did like a C like that. And my limbs got, uh, they started to delaminate. So it was, it was an expensive lesson, but the good thing is I'm getting the new Hoyt. So I'm kind of excited. Yeah. <laughs> but I'm not, Which I'm one not are you getting? Uh, I'm getting the Ventum Pro. That's what I got. That's actually, yeah. I traded in my carbon one for that. I love that bow. And it was there. It wasn't their top of the line one. And it just feels really smooth. That's a great bow, man. Yeah. And, and really I was, I compared, paired that with the, the new RX seven. And the only difference is the, the carbon riser. That's really it. Cams, everything else is the same. So you're paying an extra, I don't know, six, 700 bucks for just a couple pounds lighter. And I actually like the weight. It, it it feels a little better in your hand, a little more uh, sturdy. It doesn't feel so flimsy. So hopefully it gets here before my hunt so I could uh, get it set up and get, get some good practice in. Luke, don't feel too bad, man. You're not the only one who's ever done that. Uh, yeah, two years ago, a total archery challenge. Uh, I mean, we we have a tendency in my group, we get a little drunk and have a little bit of fun till like four o'clock in the morning at total archery challenge usually. Yep. And we were on target like three and there's this little mule deer buck that kept like crossing in front of the target and I wasn't paying attention to anything but the buck. <laughs> well, I come to full draw. I got one buddy watching the buck. I got my other buddy watching me and he's like, hey, don't shoot, don't shoot. And my buddy says, full send. Well, I didn't have an arrow knocked. <laughs> and I am on a whole nother level of hungover at this point. Like I'm seeing two targets still <laughs> and I'm sitting there and I release full send and I stand there and I hold my pose like air Jordan status, right? Like, Oh yeah, that was solid 12 ringer. And everybody looked at me and I looked at everybody. I'm like, that didn't sound right. Yep. And I looked at my quiver. I was like, yeah, I didn't knock an arrow. <laughs> Somehow yeah. my bow didn't blow up. Nobody died. Mule deer was still alive and the target was unscathed. Yep. <laughs> yeah, so, so my club where, where, where we shoot, uh, we have a target and everybody who dry fires gets their name put up on the target for everybody. to see. <laughs> so I got added to that list of a lot. I mean, it happens. Just got to try not to let it happen a second time, I guess. Uh, real quick. One more tip on that. If you guys accidentally dry fire your bow, do not shoot it again until you get it looked at. Yep. You have a potential to survive a dry fire, but a secondary shot out of that bow before you get it inspected and double checked could be yep. very, very dangerous. So guys, make sure you get your bow checked after you have a dry fire, or any sort of misfire like that. Yeah. Take the, take it to your local pro shop and let them put it on a vice and, and uh, let them make sure and inspect it, make sure it's safe. Cause it could get really dangerous be very dangerous with those limbs flying all over the place. That's a lot of pressure. Yeah, for sure. Definitely. That's good stuff. Tim, what do you got for us today, man? So biggest thing is number your arrows. I mean, if you say you got eight of them, you're going to have one or two that might not group like the other ones. Go ahead and number them. So when you're in the woods or field or wherever you're hunting, don't grab that one because you're going to be very upset with yourself. Trust me, I've like done it. it. <laughs> I like it. That's so true. And we were talking before, and I'm like, man, 
that's a great tip and i didn't even think about numbering my arrows and it's it's a basic one and some things that sometimes people forget and that's a great tip man i said you go as simple as get a little sharpie write numbers on it and an, a, another one too is just make sure you're you're getting your broadhead and uh tuning your bow with your broadhead that way you know because la- last year i sh- I, sh- I shot a new broadhead the grim reapers and uh, they're about six inches to the right and real low, so make sure you adjust your bow to your to your broadheads when it comes hunting season. It'll make a difference. And Caleb, you were saying they make uh, arrow wraps now with numbers on them as well. Yeah, you can buy most arrow wraps now with a numbered version on them. And not only does it help you identify which arrows you're shooting better, but also when you're out in the woods and if you're taking more than one shot at an animal during the recovery process, you can identify which arrow you recovered. So, you know, okay, this was my first arrow. This was my first shot. He was approximately here. I took another shot a couple hundred yards from here. Oh, look, there's arrow number two. It, uh, it also helps you during your tracking process to identify where your arrow placement was at, depending on what shot you took, if you're taking more than one shot. Nice. Sounds like we need to do a tips episode on arrow building, knock tuning, and tuning your bow to your broadheads. Yeah, I, I need to learn a lot about arrows. That's like my, my next goal this winter. I'm going to learn about FOC, all that, all that geeky shit. Let's do it. Let's make it happen. Well, that was a good episode. Some good tips. Uh, I'm not much of an expert, so I actually learned a, definitely a few things and learned a lot about what not to do and what to do. So <laughs> I appreciate you guys. And uh, yeah, so as always... Uh, we appreciate the hell out of you listeners. Go and follow the Hunt Lift Eat podcast page, the Hunt Lift Eat official as well. Uh, we'll be posting a lot of reels, videos, and new things and upcoming guests that are coming out. So, yeah, thank you guys for joining us, and uh, we'll see you next week.